This meeting is being recorded. Oh, good. Okay. Yo, man. Boom, it's Rusty. I heard, uh, I don't know if it's going to show up on there, but I have a thing that it takes notes for me, so I don't have to. This is the world we live in. We live in a world where people take notes for you that are not even real people, which is all right, which is okay by me because that is a person that is not on my payroll. And those are some of my favorite <laughs> people. <laughs> but uh, going wrong with more of my favorite uh, favorite people here, I'm going to bring on someone who is uh, the owner of wingsoftransformation.com. And we met in a group of other podcasters. So that means she is a podcaster as well. I'm going to bring on ah trivita right that is right that is right you said it right i i figured i'd get that i i forgot the last name and i feel bad right now and i i didn't even i did a terrible oh trivita harris okay my bad i I forgot that i remember i remember trivita but i couldn't remember harris so See, um, that's the tricky part. You did the best part, so there's no no need to worry. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm I'm good with that. How are you doing today? I'm good. How about yourself? Yeah, I'm doing awesome. I just just got back from uh, the swimming pool. Did the old uh, yeah, the old swimming pool Saturday afternoon game, whatever that may be. <laughs> swimming pool, swimming pool, and and chicken. It was. Uh, I had I had a short time, so I was like I can I can make this I can make it back if I can, yeah. So it was it was good. So I'm happy I did that. Um, so uh, how about how about you? How's your how are you spending your day today? Um, actually, I'm being lazy today. Um, I Beautiful. am being really lazy, which is very rare for me. But I was only lazy for just about two hours, where I did absolutely nothing at all. <laughs> so, so you, you were you were sitting still in a chair just staring at the wall actually i was napping yeah napping. Oh, excellent so you got a nap today okay that's a good was, day so i took me a nap on a saturday that sounds beautiful i'm uh i'm known to do a nap or two myself so um <laughs> That's pretty good. Adult naps are are necessary. You know, as a kid, we never thought that naps were needed or anything like that. But now as an adult in my 40s, I need a nap. And I'm not going to argue with you about taking a nap. I will gladly go and take one. So today I did. I took a, well, I can't necessarily call it a nap because I went to sleep for about two hours. So that was a good thing for me. Okay. Um, so, okay. So I was, I was just looking up at your, so you have some certificates behind you. And yes. so then I, I started like looking for mine. And so if you can see right here, there's a little strip of tape. And so yeah. I, heard, I heard a loud bang a couple of nights ago and I didn't know what it was, but so there was a thing that fell off above my closet but that also fell too so that explains that so that's where that is um so <laughs> that's, well that's yeah it. i have my 
degree behind me. I have um, my certificates for being in the National Honors uh, Leadership and Success Society for school. And then I have a poster on the wall of a book launch I was in last year. So it's just a few little things in my certification for medical office administration. So just a few things I decided to hang on the wall. Beautiful. And I, you did write a book uh, as well, right? Yes. Yes, I have written three books, um, actually. Okay. Yes. How about you tell me about them? Okay. The very first book I wrote was a poetry book because I love to write poetry when I can't seem to express myself. Poetry is the best way for me to do that. And so that was my first book that I wrote two years ago. And then the second one I wrote after that was called... um, Struggle, Strength, and Success, Kiari Malformation Won't Win, which basically I talk about um, raising my children while having a serious neurological brain disorder um, and having a stroke, um, which most people would never, ever believe about me (laughs) because um, I had a stroke. I lost the use of my left side. And then in 2013, I lost my speech due to a major flare-up with this brain disorder. And so I've had to learn how to speak and walk and talk all over again. So it's really surprising when I tell people that because they're like, there's absolutely no way. <laughs> yeah, you, I would never have guessed that in a million years. It doesn't, it doesn't <laughs> sound that way or look that way or anything. That's, that's pretty impressive. What, uh, what was it? That, yeah. So- what was it that made you start feeling better? Well, I mean, was it just, was it? Um. I'll say for one, God helped me to start feeling better. Also, um, I'm very hard-headed and very stubborn. And the neurologist that I had um, after my stroke, he told me, because I had a stroke when I was 30, and he told me to simply get used to that and get used to not being able to use the left side of my body and all of that. And I said, listen, I don't have to get used to that and I don't have to get used to you. So I'm going to find me another doctor who's going to give me the things that I need to get better. And I did. I found another um, neurologist and then she sent me to physical therapy. And the physical therapist that I had, oh, my God, that lady was so, so mean. And I told her, I said, I do not like you. And she said, so I don't care. It's not my job for you to like me. My job is to get you to where you can walk again. I said, okay, well, whatever. So I started with her in August of 2009. And she told me, she said, "Um, before Christmas, I will have you walking again. And I was like, I can't even button my shirt. I can't pick up my phone. I can't even hold a loaf of bread on this left side. And you're talking about you're going to have me walking by December. And she said, yeah, if you just do the work that I tell you to do. I was like, okay, no problem. I can I can comply with that because right now I don't see that it's possible. And so when I would go to physical therapy, she's like, okay, you got to walk this line. And I was like, okay, I can't really walk this line because I can't feel this leg. And she said, okay, do you want to be treated as handicapped or do you want to get the work done? Because all I hear is excuses. I said, well, right now it's not really an excuse. I can't feel my leg. She said, okay, look, put one foot in front of the other. I said, if I fall or you're going to catch me. She said, if you do happen to fall or lose your balance, I'm here to catch you, but I'm not going to do the work for you. 
okay, cool, fine, no problem. I'm going to do it. So I started to do it. And this lady was so hard on me that she would come to my job and make sure that I was doing the exercises that she had sent me home to do. And I was like, why are you following me? Like, what is the problem? She was like, because you're hard headed and you're stubborn. And I want to make sure that you're doing what you're supposed to do. <laughs> I was like, all right, man, I'm doing it. And so needless to say, by December, the week before Christmas, I was walking on my own. Wow. <laughs> without a cane, without any assistance or anything. However, in 2013, I had a major flare up with my condition. <clears throat> I went to bed one night with a major headache, which is something this condition causes anyway. And so I woke up the next morning and my speech was really labored and I could not get words out normally as if I'm talking to you now. It took me about five minutes to complete a sentence and that was very unusual for me. And so it went from that to basically having to write things down that I needed to say to people. <clears throat> Doctors could figure out what was going on. I went from South Carolina to North Carolina trying to figure out what was going on. No one could help me. And the way that I started to get my speech back is I would sing when no one would be home so that I can get my speech back because you use different parts of your vocal cords when you sing. And so when that started to happen, I started to get my speech back. But then I had to remember the stuff that she taught me about getting my strength back on the left side because that was affected again. So it was like, okay, now I'm back to using a walker. Now I'm back to doing this stuff. I don't like this and this isn't going to happen. So I had an exercise bike at home, so I would get on that and ride that. So I gained everything that I needed to become me again. Well, my new sense of normal, so to speak. And so sure. that's basically what I did. <laughs> and so, okay, so you said something here about the your vocal cords are different when you sing as opposed to. Yes. So have they put this to like for uh yeah for teaching people are, are they doing this that people are having to see a speech therapist or any sort of the thing are they doing this to for or to i mean using you as a, a case study being able to um you know make make the process go faster uh, people getting their speech back are you going to be writing a book book number four about about this <laughs> Um, I'm going to continue the um, Struggle, Strength, and Success book based on everything that I've learned um, with this condition and people that I know who are newly diagnosed with Chiari malformation come to me and ask me questions about how I have been able to avoid brain surgery. And so I just share with them what I've learned about myself. And the main thing with battling Chiari malformation is the fact because it controls the cerebellum, which controls the body. And so once you realize that and you start to pay attention to what your body is doing, what things to eat, what things not to eat, what things trigger it, because the weather does affect your body as well with this condition. So if it's going to be a storm or whatever, you're going to feel that pressure building your head and it's going to oh. affect everything that you do that particular day. And there's no rhyme or reason. There's just nothing that can prevent this or anything like that. And it's a condition that you're born with. And sometimes you don't know 
um, that you're dealing with this condition is often misdiagnosed as having just simple migraines, which is a misdiagnosis that I have for years, is that it was just migraines. It was nothing other than that. But then when I turned 19, I started experiencing numbness in my hands and in my feet. And it would be at opposite time. So one day it might be my foot. The next day it might be my um, arm. And I'm like, okay. And then I had really bad nosebleeds as a kid. I also had um, temperature issues to where I would be, it's not like hot flashes as you get older for women or anything like that. It wasn't that. It was just being in, like if you are putting your hand under hot water, you can, you know that that water's hot, but someone else putting their hand under that water, it's not hot. It's like cold to you, but it's hot to them. You know that it's hot because you can see the steam coming off the water, but you don't feel it. And it's on different sides of the body. So my left hand is usually ice cold. My right hand is warm. So it's so it's a weird condition, but learning to pay attention to your body helps you to fight this condition so that you don't have to have the brain surgery. Some people, um, if you're young enough to get the surgery, it's beneficial for you. But if you're older and over the age of 30, it is definitely not necessarily recommended because body doesn't heal as quickly and the side effects are even worse. So. I have had the surgery. I am grateful to God that he has allowed me to still be in this space and still be who he's called me to be. And I can only talk about what my experience is. But a lot of neurologists don't even know what this condition is and they don't haven't done the research themselves. So it's frustrating until you can find a neurologist that knows what the malformation is and how to help you. Because most of them will say, I've never heard of this before. And it's like, okay, but you're a, neuro- <laughs> you're a neurologist. This is something that is a brain-related issue. How have you never heard of this? <laughs> so it's a little frustrating to find okay. doctors that know about this. Yeah. Oh, I'm a neurosurgeon, and I want to open your brain. Uh, not <laughs> So um, I did research to find out about that's how I was able to get my speech back. Yeah. Can you hold on one second here? You're, am, am and I, then I wrote one other book. Uh-oh. Okay. What's going on? Oh, nothing. It, it, the connection well, was getting kind of kind of messed up is it coming that way on your side too oh yeah yeah okay typical saturday yeah right (laughs) so what were you saying i'm sorry i didn't didn't hear that last part oh the other thing is i've written one other book and it's called overcoming childhood trauma my journey to healing so So, that one was a very interesting book to write Um, for me because it had me to dig deep within my childhood to link the behaviors of my parents and how they parented me in their absence in there because I wasn't raised by either one of my parents. Um, and so my mom, um, I learned to death. However, she struggled my entire life 
um, and she's still struggling with drugs and alcohol and things of that nature. And my father um, was absent. He he showed up when he needed to, in his opinion. And so me being able to link that information to the traumas that I suffered as a kid um, allowed me to be able to apologize to my own children because my children never saw mommy cry. They never saw the vulnerable side of a woman. And so that was a hard thing for me to even admit and to apologize to my kids for that because they needed to see the softer side of their mom. And I've only been in that position for about four years now to where if I make a mistake or anything, I'm able to apologize versus it being, well, I'm your mama and you need to just get used to. <laughs> so, I mean, how, how'd that come up? How did you decide this is what's, I mean, cause that's, that's a huge step right there. Just being able to like, I mean, we all take stuff from our parents and mm -hmm. whether whether we want to admit it or not. Um, and then it passes down to the to our kids and then their kids. And I mean, the stuff stays for generations. So you being able yes. to realize that, I mean, what was it kind of that brought you to it? Um, I was having a conversation with my youngest son about life. And that's one of the things that I've always been able to do with my kids, um, even from them being little. My kids, you don't think kids are paying attention to you, but they do. And one thing um, during my episode of being sick in 2013, my kids are always happy. They've always been energetic and everything. And so I was frustrated one day coming home from the doctor. And I have been diagnosed with having epilepsy partialis continuum, which is a localized seizure to the left side of my body while I was dealing with learning how to talk again and all of that stuff. And so I was so frustrated. And I asked my oldest son, I said, listen, why are you guys so happy right now? I am really unsure of what is going to happen today for tomorrow or whatever. And you guys are just so nonchalant, just happy. What is wrong? <laughs> and so he looked at me and said, he said, well, mama, it's your fault. And I said, excuse you, how is it my fault that you're happy all the time? He said, you don't remember the conversation with us when I was about seven years old. And I was like, well, what did I say to you? He said, well, you said, that emotions are temporary things. And the one that you give the most attention to is the one that has the control. So we could choose to be happy. It's a matter of us staying in the happy feeling. It's okay to have your sad moments and be mad, but you only get 30 minutes in that time is what you told us. But everything else you give that attention to, that's what's gonna control you. So it's your fault. And all I could do was sit there on the couch. And I was like, this little boy just put me all the way in my place right now for something I said to him when he was seven years old. He turned right back around and gave it right back to me. <laughs> and so I was like, OK, you definitely have a point there. So it's my choice whether I want to stay at this pity party for myself and get up and be happy. And so. <laughs> After having that conversation with him at that time, and then my youngest, we were just having conversations about life. And I was like, you know, 
people carry this trauma around for so long and they don't know how to express it. I said, well, I think I'm going to write a book based on my own experience and how I'm able to link what my mother went through and how she parented me and my other siblings. Uh, and that's where it began. And so I set a deadline to complete the book. And then I was dragging my feet about com completing the book. And my son said, okay, you gave yourself a deadline. What's the problem here? I said, I, I think I have writer's block. He said, you don't have writer's block. You just are experiencing feelings that you're not sure what to do with. And that means you need to write them down. And I was like, okay, you know what? I'm about sick of you. So my kids are very good at being my accountability partners. If I tell them something that I'm going to do, they are yep. going to hold me to it. And that's part of the reason why these things are on my wall back here, because my oldest son was like, you've got so many accomplishments, but you never put them up. You don't have them displayed anywhere. And I was like, well, it's not really a big deal. I set a goal. I achieve the goal and I move on. I don't worry about the accolades behind it. He was like, but you worked hard to achieve those and you need to show that off. OK, son, you got a point. OK. So <laughs> I've slowly started to do that and learn not to deflect the compliment that people give me to learn how to take them in. And that was one thing that I did not realize was a coping mechanism for my trauma as a kid growing up. I didn't, I'm still learning how to accept compliments and things because I will deflect with something else. Like somebody might say, hey, you, that outfit looks good on you. And I'm like, oh, this thing came from Walmart instead of just saying simply thank you. You know, yeah. so I'm, I'm still struggling, <laughs> but I'm getting there. <laughs> yeah, or, or going back and, you know, saying a, a, something right back to them, you know, like, oh yeah, your, your hats, you have a nice hat today or, you know, yeah. something, or, or make it cracking a joke or something or, you know, whatever it may be. And yeah, it's, it can be real hard yeah. to take a compliment. And so, yeah. That's, yes. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's such a simple concept, but it's really not, not simple at all. At the same time, it's just being like, right. well, yeah, just being like, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Rather, it's just, yeah. rather than everything else. Yeah. Just from everything else we've kind of yeah carried and yeah. had to yeah deal with kind of forever. And yeah, yeah, I mean, so sounds like you and your kids are all pretty self-aware of, you know, yourself. Yeah, I, I can say that my kids, um, they haven't been um, traumatized <laughs> by my upbringing. But the one thing that I will say they complain about every year is that I become more childish than anything else. <laughs> and I tell them, you can't tell me to act my age simply because I've never been this age before and there are no rules with this age. So I don't know how to act my age and you can't ever tell me to act my shoe size because my shoe size is a size three. So I'm gonna forever be childish. So it doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah, I'm a goofball, so I love to laugh. I like that a lot. It, it makes, yeah, it makes things pretty all right, being able to to laugh like that. And yeah, yeah, just it seems like yeah. you've got a good, a good outlook on life. And, um, you know, with the curveballs that have been thrown away, it's been, yeah, you've kind of found a, being hardheaded, you know, has its advantages. It's not, yes. not always something that's, 
that's you know looked at as 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 a a down you know not downfall but like some sort of thing you got to work past and yeah like be I'm I'm the same way I'm hard headed and like yeah it's hard to hard to tell me like can't do it like ah, well yeah yeah. Let's see. Let's see. Like, watch me. It's basically when they say, well, you can't do it. It's like, okay, watch me. I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then uh, you can be like, oh, okay. Well, yeah, he was right. She was right. She was right today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but I, um, I'm new to the podcasting thing. Um, I have my second show um, coming up on the 23rd. And so I have teamed with a uh, my basic my uh, mentor, and it's a group of them. And I love these women to death. And I swear, the things that they see within me is stuff that I've never seen within myself. And I tell people all the time that I'm very very shy when it comes to doing this type of stuff. And then they look at me sideways because they're like, there's absolutely no shy bone in your body whatsoever because I don't sense what you sense. And I'm like, well, you're not me, first off. And secondly, I am very, very shy. I'm just a goofball. So I learned to find the laughter and whatever it is that I'm doing so that I don't feel so bad. So that's basically what it is. And so when this opportunity for me to become part of a podcast team, I was like, okay um yeah let's just see what happens and so i have no clue on what i'm doing i just know that everybody has a story to tell everybody has a journey in this life and i want people to come on my show to be able to share their journey of what they've been through and the things that they thought were going to take them out has actually led to bigger places and bigger things for them because it's never over until you just stop getting up and putting one foot in front of the other. Absolutely. And yeah, I mean, yeah. And who knows everyone's story? Uh, there's a lot of people walking around that just, that have great stories that you would never know. And then it's nice. Yeah. Like getting to, to hear your story coming on here and being like, okay, well, here it is. And um, you know, yeah, yeah. I could share with everyone then people who might not know about, one about you or two about some of the stuff you've gone through, you know, being able to feel less alone or, you know, feel more hopeful about what, what can be done as opposed to just not putting that one foot in front of the other. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what's your podcast about? Is it, it's, it's about- um, it's probably, yeah, it's called believe in the journey and it, I'm, Basically, we're going to talk about the the stories of life. Like I'm going to talk like this coming Thursday show is basically it's just going to be me. Um, I'm not going to have a guest. I'm going to share my childhood stories with with my audience, whoever decides to tune in. They're going to learn about the things that were supposed to take me out for many things, family included. And it's like family didn't believe that I was going to be able to do anything that I've done. My kids were going to be statistics. They were going to have kids at a young age, just like I did. I was a teenage mom. And it was just one of those things where I had so many doubters, but not a lot of believers. And so I want people to understand that just because the hand that you've been dealt doesn't mean that that's the end of the game. 
there's always a wild card in there and God is always in the lead of that. So you just got to know who's on your team because we got spectators and we got fans, but fans are only there for temporary things. But who's going to be there to give you that good advice and that bad advice at the same time? So learning who's in your circle, who's pouring into your cup and who's just drilling holes at the bottom of your cup. So it, it never fills. You got to know that kind of stuff. And if you are not surrounding yourself with good people, you'll drain yourself trying to fill everybody else's cup. So that's what my show is going to be about on Thursday. But it's basically going to be a show where people come in and give me their their testimony, so to speak, their journeys, their obstacles that they face because there's trials and tribulations. But as long as you are still here, you still have something else to share with somebody. Yeah, um, and well, if you ever need a guest, uh, I, I, I'll do it. Uh, I'll, I'll book myself. Uh, I think that's you know, kind of my thing now. Yeah, Just, I'll, I'll book myself on there. But yeah, if you you can uh, use a guest, I'd be happy to do it. I have a bit of a story. Yes, myself, definitely. So. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, so, uh, so then you got your new podcast. You got three books written you got one book in the making number four yeah. um yeah. i mean so what what's is, is there is there a plan this is like part of or is this like you just when it comes it comes and you do it and you're like okay well it's time to do do what's next or what's what's kind of your Honestly, I, I I don't necessarily have a plan. I just try to be obedient to what God pre presents in front of me. And everything that I can say, like, I never thought about being an author or anything. And I'll be honest with you. I, I simply pray a prayer at the end of 2019. And it was simply, God, just direct me in the order in which you want me to go. Help me to get out of my comfort zone. And to remove people who are not connected to the destiny in which you have created for me. And after that, it was like, okay, I did the poetry book. I had people say, well, that's not perfect. That's not, I would have never put my name on that. And it's simply because I'm teaching myself the publishing business and teaching myself how to um, do the covers, do the editing, do all of that. So I am self-published. I didn't go to a publishing company to do any of this. I've taught myself and I've gotten better and I can see the um, improvements that I've made by teaching myself. And so I have a publishing company where I help other people do the same thing. And so that they can learn the art of this. But if they choose me to help them do it and to do it for them and just make sure that everything is OK, then I do that as well. But I've never been one to get information and keep it to myself because I feel like if I'm keeping it to myself, nobody benefits from that. And so that's another thing about the mentors that I have is that they pour into us just as well as they pour into other people and they never leave anybody out of an opportunity. And so when God placed me in this this area right here, it's like, OK, God, I didn't understand what vision you showed me because he showed me being able to go and speak in front of people at a podium and I'm like I don't really know nothing about that I think you delivered this vision to somebody else this this came to the wrong address this was not for me 
And I didn't realize until I was part of the book tour last year that I had to travel to Myrtle Beach to be part of a book launch. And I've been in not only on the three that I've written myself, I've been part of two anthology books and in a couple of magazines as well. So I'm like, God, I, I, I didn't envision this for myself. So it was never a plan. And so I don't necessarily have a plan. I have an objective that I want to reach. And then after I reach that objective, I just go with the next one that comes. And so everything is basically falling into place. So this is how the podcast began. So I'm like, okay, I'm just following along. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. And so you got your your book tour. You got to take it to take a trip to Myrtle Beach. That's not too bad of a deal either, right there. No, um, not at all. Like, oh, okay, you have to go to Myrtle Beach. That's that's tough. That's. That's one place that uh, I've been looking at going to, to go visit down there. Um, saw it on a TV show years ago. Yeah. And uh, just like, yeah, I want to get down there. I want to check that out. But, um, and they have direct flights from where I am. So. <laughs> yeah. See, go check it yeah, out. I swear you will have the best fun because it is so much to do and. Just make sure, yeah, at least have a week to, to spend there because it's a, it's a lot to do. A weekend is just really not enough time <laughs> to do a lot of what you want to do. And plus, I was there on business, so I didn't get to do a lot of what I wanted to do. So I have to make another trip back down there again. But other than that, it is a great place to visit. Excellent. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to get, get over there. Um so is there uh so people can find you what's the way if people are going to find you um yes you know. they can find me on facebook at trevita harris or they can go to my business page which is wings of transformation um, they can go to my website, which is wingsoftransformation.com, or they can find me on Instagram at uh, Trevita underscore Harris 78 at Instagram, or they can do the business page on Instagram as well as Wings of Transformation 21. And where else am I? I'm on TikTok as well. Um, what do you do? On and TikTok? it's Trevita Harris also. Yeah, I don't do a lot on TikTok because TikTok okay. is really new to me. So yeah. I'm still learning TikTok right now. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I'm, I'm kind of yeah in the the older the older group of TikTok and um, yeah yeah a little, a little different. <laughs> it's it's interesting yeah. seeing what what we're all kind of getting into as opposed to like what what people see TikTok as, but then like yeah, there's they don't really talk about what people in their 40s are seeing on TikTok. And, yes. So, <laughs> It's a little bit different. It's it's pretty interesting. But uh, Shavita, thank you so much for being on. I, I, I really enjoyed having you on and getting to talk with you. And I'm going to get this. I'll get you a copy of this or, you know, the link or whatever uh, within an hour. And you can do whatever. Just tag me in it. Um, find me at Rusty Diamond Zero or Rusty Diamond. I don't know. RustyDiamond.net. But uh, yeah, you can go there. But uh, just something, or if you get, you got Facebook, I don't know, something on there, yeah. but I'll, I'll do, I'll do something. Yeah. I'm on there. You got my Facebook. Um, so yeah. So thank you again and everyone check out Trevita Harris over that way. 
Uh, thank you so much. And, uh, well, I thank you, and I'll be reaching out to you for you to be a guest on my podcast. Please, please do. And that is the show, man.